0: Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast. It's Reclaimed Audio. With your hosts, Bill Pinsky, Bill Rootes, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 136 for June 13th, 2018. This week's top Patreon supporters are Make Build Modify, Stu Morrison. The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, <laughs> Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Gross, Claus, Shane Bronson, Keith Decent, Ryan Ridgley, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Mike Jeffcoat, Jim Bishiers, Brad Dudenhofer, Paul Jackman, uh, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, and John made it on the list. Nice. What? I actually, I actually,
1: real quick, I actually think that the boys that maybe I've said too much haven't said enough. Haven't spent enough? What did
2: you say? Oh, yes. <laughs> I agree with Tim. <laughs>
0: yes. Not nearly. Yeah. <laughs> not they, nearly.
2: They do realize that for, for a few dollars more, they could get moved up the list and be one of the first. I mean, we could. <gasps> oh, yeah. You know. we're we we Billing. S- we
1: could say, and the Godfathers, the boys that I like to make stuff, and then Tim could do a trumpet call.
0: I could. I don't know about that. No? I mean, that's well, we, kind let's, of let's, heretical. Let's,
1: let's practice it. Okay. And the Godfathers, the boys that I like to make stuff. <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Okay. They've got their money's worth this week. Let's go. What are we working on?
0: Let's I'm go unpacking. with the...
1: I'm unpacking. Let's Let's go with Bill. Bill, what do you want? I um I, I had an amazing weekend trip to visit my daughter and it was phenomenal and all I can say is that I feel like an amazing human being for having had any part to do with that person. She's awesome and I love her so much. Oh my gosh. Um, but I'm a little jet lagged and I got we got home Monday night um, late. And so I figured, okay, Tuesday. Yesterday, I know I don't know what day we're even recording right now. But so I figured yesterday would be Tuesday, and I would come home from work, and I would, I'd maybe work on finishing up my uh, commission guitar, which is what I'm working on. I'm, I'm wrapping it up. I've got it ready to do the filming part of it, and then I'm that I can finish it, wrap that up. And now we get to bed early. But when I got home from work, Casey comes running out the door and says, honey, come here. I need you to help me with something. So I got out of the truck and I ran in the house, and there's Marcus Hoffman standing there. So
0: uh, <laughs> she needed your help in getting him out. I don't understand.
1: I, yeah. She says, I don't know how he got in. Um, he sounds like some weird accented tourist. I'm, honey, that's Marcus. And she's like, No, it's not. I don't. I think she thought he was a pod person. Pod
0: person? Yeah, I like mean, from seriously. invaders of the body snatchers. Yeah, okay,
1: get it? Yeah. You finally, get, you and I finally got a reference together.
0: Oh, I always get them. That was oh. that was a
1: hip
2: hip reference.
0: Yeah, <laughs> 1936, I believe, was the original.
1: I um, so let me gush over Marcus just for a minute. Uh, um, the guy is a super duper person. He is a huge fan of our show. He could not talk enough good about it he really thinks that our chemistry is awesome um he likened himself to, well he for he, we went to dinner and maybe he just said all this nice stuff because i ended up buying him dinner maybe that was the whole maybe he is sounds about right to get him drunk maybe he, no he doesn't take advantage of him i i took him to the only beer pub in hayward and he actually says i don't drink berries all i i just you know you what? Sure? Gonna, you sure i know i'm like yeah I know. But 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 so we were sitting and he says no the the chemistry that you guys have he's all it feels like he's all I know like most people that like your show we sit in the garage we can sit in our living room we can listen and it feels like we're there with you guys like we're just mm. friends in the shop and I thought that was so nice and he says and I I liken myself to Phil he's all I, I have this new job now I'm traveling a lot we are both the white collar then we laughed about the blue collar plaid collar and he says yeah I'm I'm like Phil Pinsky and I said no Marcus no you're not you're nice. <laughs> I don't get it. I felt that coming a mile away. (laughs) I get it. But anyway, Marcus, we love you. Thank you so much uh, for stopping by. Uh, We tried to hook up last year because he comes in my way uh, for business, and he's just overwhelmed, so busy. uh, Which I believe you're. You know what that's like and uh but it was nice to have a few hours just to go out and hang out with Marcus. So that's what I'm working I'm going to wrap up this uh commission guitar and oh and he also made me a laser cut cigar box that I can take apart and put together. I'm going to make oh, cool. a guitar. Yeah. And now well, I set. want I want a laser because it's a small CNC machine that I think I could put to use. I actually have already ideas of what I can do with it. So
2: Yeah, to to get the ones that that cut. I mean, you can get lasers relatively inexpensively that that burn, engraved, and draw, yeah. engrave. Right. But um the ones that but, cut cost a little more. Like to do that to cut the eighth inch. He, he told me
1: I'm probably looking at eight hundred to a thousand bucks. So I think that's something worthwhile to save up for. And, yeah, uh, he said he has a fifty watt laser. It's fairly hmm. inex- you know inexpensive for what it does. But yeah, that would it would not take up too much room. And I I seriously. I already have things in my mind what I would do with it, so that would make me interested enough and to learn how to use the software to actually apply it to that. And then, who knows, that might break the dam and I might want to go forward with the CNC, or that might just be all I'm interested in is just having that laser. But Yeah,
2: mm. yeah. The laser is um is almost more useful than the CNC in some ways. Like, you know, it, it can't, like, do all the big, massive cutting and stuff, but a guy like you that has a bandsaw and knows how to use it, like, mm-hmm. I think that you're going to get, you would get more benefit from... The engraving and uh, and the little detail the, work. The
1: engraving, the detail work, the the logo making, <clears throat> uh, customize it. Like if I I want to continue with the cigar box yeah. guitars, yeah, you can burn your logos in the headstocks. Right. And, I mean, you know, I can customize it. Like Phil, you you market your whiskey boxes because they're customizable. Imagine if I can make a cigar box that says, you know, happy anniversary, honey, Jake, or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that would be awesome. Money and a, and a mm. small, yeah, a small laser like that. I can see putting it to use to do that. So the
2: the, the problem. I have with them is that they're enclosed, right? So you can't, like, say, you can't stick your whole guitar neck in there because the box isn't no. big enough. Some have a pass through. Some have a pass through. Some, some have a pass yeah, yeah. through. So that's something to think about, you know? Or you have to design, like, so you have to, like, you're, if it's going to be the head socket, you have to put it in there before you glue it onto the neck. You know what I mean? Some right. Because like I'm, I'm so doing a bit of scarf planning. joints. I'm doing yep. scarf joints so you for could the do most that.
1: part. So I could yeah. do that. I, I I thought about that. So, yeah. so for the cigar box body itself, um, for smaller things, for labels, even. You know, engraving. Just, Jimmy just had that awesome video that he used the laser for making for the, the cube, Depeche that lighted yeah. cube. Yeah, yeah, for Depeche Mode. And um, so it's just, yeah, I mean, that sparked me. And then Marcus comes by and he hands me this gift that he cut out on his laser. And I'm like, oh, I could do so many things with it. And he made us these logos on his laser. Oh, yeah, those, those are cool. Yeah. yeah. So uh, thank you, Marcus. That's I, I, I've talked yeah. enough. <laughs> you ever think you'd hear me say that? No, no I'm glad That's I have it
0: recorded. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to turn that into my answering machine. Um, <laughs> Tim,
2: what are you, uh, what are you up to? I am, I am working on a credenza, like a cabinet that has, um, it has like reclaimed wood doors, uh, like in a Chevron pattern, that kind of Pinterest, you know, but then the, the box itself is a plywood construction thing and it's painted. And, uh, so I've got, you know, I made the box out of plywood, and I, you know, put wood, real wood around the edge, and I've got an like a chamfer on it for look, and and then you have like this, you know, the little nail pops and stuff from assembling. So I filled those all in with bondo, and I'm painting it and trying to make it all like smooth, and because uh, you know we we're talking about like I've been kind of getting into using the the sprayer, you know, and so I'm mm-hmm. trying to trying to do like this. Of course, I'm I'm gonna faux the finish. She wants it a little foed afterwards or like kind of distressed a little. So, but I wanted like, I'm using it to like really practice my painting and see if I can make it perfect before I scuff it up, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's been kind of fun. And I've had some, uh, I just finished up a custom uh, order bass guitar, a fretless that came out really nice. And um, I have another kind of funky guitar I'm working on for Eastwood. Um, I I love uh, it. I I love it. Eastwood makes. Uh, they they basically market towards uh, people who work on cars. Like they, you know, they make a lot of welding gear and, and grinders and stuff. And I'd done the video with them before because I wanted to. I contacted them about getting a TIG welder, and the guy was. I had to prove myself to him with this other tool. And I did a video for them. They were happy with it, and so they sent me the TIG welder. And I promised them in exchange for the video, uh, uh the, the TIG welder, a video where I'd make a guitar with it, and um. I was, my uh, initial idea is I wanted to make one out of aluminum, which is like, kind of like TIG welding is tricky to begin with. And then TIG welding aluminum is even trickier. Yep. And, um, and my original idea was to make basically like a hollow body, like an acoustic guitar of like, sh- like thin sheet aluminum. And I had some ideas for construction and I started messing around with that idea. And I was just, I was just melting, melting yeah. this aluminum, either melting it or not sticking it together. Cause the thin stuff's
1: tricky, you know, thin stuff is actually easier to MIG weld.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, MIG MIG welding is easier to to do thicker stuff and then the thinner stuff. But I can't. I don't have the the setup to
1: MIG aluminum. So, and it was a TIG video. MIG aluminum is is actually easier. It's easier to MIG aluminum that's thin than it is to TIG aluminum. Right with the spool. Yeah. Right with the spool gun and the argon. It's actually because it's just there's so much less power. It's it's. I know it sounds weird, but it's really easy to MIG weld aluminum. Yeah,
2: I was I, I was I was getting it. Like I, I could get the I couldn't get the two pieces stuck together. I could get the one, you know. Then as soon as I got it hot enough to penetrate to the next one, it's like poof, the first one melted, and it was like all right. So I did, I came up with a different idea instead, and that's the one I'm working on now, where I just basically created a skeleton of a guitar out of quarter inch or eighth inch thick, whatever it is, aluminum. And it uh, looks it, so it, it cool. pretty cool. And mm. it was like all my all my welds are horrible because it's like you know I was doing a little bit of practicing, and I was like, you know what? I'm not a practicer. I'm a doer. I'm gonna I'm gonna baptism by fire. I'm gonna just start making this thing. And so I was, all these like kind of inside joints that I had to weld are pretty ugly. And then I just have this one or two long seams that go across the top of it. I was like, I have to get at least, maybe not a stack of dimes, but some loose change, you know, <laughs> on, the, on the front of this thing. Cause these are the money shot welds, you know? And so I got them in like the, the each weld is about 10 inches long and uh, and a good inch and a half of it looks okay. So <laughs> that's great. So I've got like I can just like just take one detailed shot of like the little inch that looks yeah, good, blur the background, and then the rest of it's all vaseline on the lens. Yeah, right. <laughs> but nice. I've been having a blast making it. It's been a lot of fun. I'm learning stuff, and uh, you know, it's awesome, fueling the the creative spark. So amazing. Yeah. How about um. Oh, and the other thing I want to mention is I just put a bunch of my guitars in a library about twenty minutes down the road. They they they're doing their.
1: I saw an Instagram picture of that. Yeah,
2: read, reading rocks or something like that, uh, kind of thing. And they had this open case, and it was uh he whose name shall not be mentioned. Not the the other one, but the local. What you, Lord Voldemort. Yes, L- Lord Voldemort Gagne. Uh, his, his 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 wife had had uh, made a relationship with this library because she had she's a puppeteer and she she had her puppets in there, and so what, she was like, hey. Oh. You, Maybe we want to put some guitars in there. So we'll see if that
1: leads to anything. Probably not. I don't know where the other day Casey says, you remember that David Gagne guy we met at Making It 100? I'm like, yeah. So I really liked him. Is he still around? Yes, honey. He's still around. We're not allowed like, to talk like about Like as in him. not dead? I think she met in the maker community or, you know. Oh, okay. And I'm like, yes, he's very active in the community. We just can't talk about him. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's it. An- <laughs> It's an unspoken yet highly spoken rule. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't even think he financially supports this podcast, man. That guy, No, I tell you this, what.
1: <laughs> this
2: podcast financially supports him.
1: It does, actually. He gets these, uh, he gets these jobs from our listeners. You're welcome, Gagne. Yeah. I was going to tell you about his latest video, but now I'm not going to.
2: Yeah, come on. <laughs> That's How not about just... you, Phil? <laughs> what do you have to, Phil?
0: Um, I fulfilled a couple of etsy orders I fulfilled a couple of tool orders and uh uh that's that's about it so uh you guys alluded earlier to my to my job and what have you so i'm gonna be i'm gonna be on the road a lot I've taken on the u s as a sales territory along with Canada so uh i'm gonna be next week i'm gonna be in Dallas for three or four days we're not then, even
1: talking to you guys right now
0: what do you mean oh yeah <laughs> hashtag thank Canada yeah. Yeah. Uh I don't know where to go with that because we have that strict no politics policy thing. So, no, I was uh,
1: talking about because we just don't want new furniture in our country. All right,
0: let's go with that. Let's let's backpedal with that. So, I'm going to be in Dallas next week, and then uh, and then I'm going to be in Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, and then I'm going to be in Vegas for like over a week. Which, if anyone's ever been to Vegas, that is.
2: It's a long yeah. time to be in Vegas. Hell on earth.
0: Yeah, I agree yeah. with Tim. Uh, uh.
1: When, when are you going to be in Vegas? Uh,
0: end of July. Oh, from yeah. like the 20th to like the 29th or something Oh, like and that. it's the you're,
1: summer. You're, oh. you're going to be so hot. I mean, yeah. you're not going to leave. Just try and stay in one building. Don't even go outside.
0: It's impossible. So uh. we, we where the show is is called uh, the World Market Center. And it's a good five-minute drive from the Strip, maybe 10-minute drive from the Strip. And it's like three three buildings that have, um, I guess, like a town square in between the three of them. They all sort of face inward, right? And when it's hot, it literally turns into an oven. And it it can get like, well, I'm trying to convert. Let me just convert to Fahrenheit. It could be like 115 degrees in there.
1: Well, that's yeah. exactly how hot it is outside. So that's, that's just the ambient temperature. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Because
0: no. as soon as you leave that little square, it cools down by 10, 15 degrees. It's just because it's
1: all this concrete. I, I and, want yeah. you to log the temperature outside, inside, just because I mm-hmm. promise you 115 oh, yeah. is about I'm what definitely it's going to be. definitely do Yeah. It's what it's going to be.
0: So, anyways. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm glad I went down that
1: road. Um, hey, she's excited. But, she thinks you're coming to stay with us uh, when you have to do San Francisco. When's that going to happen?
0: That, uh, I don't know, but I definitely want to do it. So, yeah. I the problem is, is California is doing really well for us. So the urgency to get there is is fairly low unfortunately Are you sure your but,
1: boss just doesn't want you to screw it up
0: uh that is a valid point uh
2: how's connecticut doing because i don't i don't have a space for you to stay but
0: connecticut is not doing well at all so
2: cuz i'm roomy. putting out a business buddy let's <laughs> let's make some room there <laughs> yeah um yeah do you seriously have a location in connecticut hartford
0: yeah, yeah, sure. We've done a whole bunch of hotel projects there. I yeah. have, but don't forget, I sell to independent retailers and designers. That's my, that's my customer base. So yeah. we have Tim's stores. an we
1: independent have, retailer and designer.
0: We have like four thousand stores across Canada and the U.S. that sell our product. So we are everywhere. It's just a question of how much we are everywhere, and yeah. that's that's the thing I'm trying to increase: is how much why, we are everywhere.
1: Why are you discriminating against him?
0: I'm not. I think I was saying that I probably will end up seeing Tim. I saw him last time I was in town. Um, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you were here on business, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: business. Yes, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what else am I doing? Oh, and uh, here's one of those things that grinds my gears. So, I told you guys that uh, that my wife's car got stolen out of our driveway, right? Yep. And then I told you that uh, I got all freaked out, so I replaced the, the the door locks and handles on my front door, right? Right. And then garage, garage door. No. Uh, yeah. I, well, I just changed, changed yeah. the code and got us new clickers. Yep. And so, but the front door, so instead of just changing the cylinder, like would have been the smart thing to do on the lock, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get new everything and I'm going to scrap this. And I took the whole thing apart to get it out. Cause it had been there for like 30 years. How much so did the rep-
1: new door cost you?
0: No, I just got new locks and stuff. So, all that maybe all altogether was like 200, 250, oh, you something didn't, like that. You, you didn't have to buy a new door? No. But standard doors are one and three quarter inches thick, as I've learned. I've now become a door expert. My door, for some reason, is two and a quarter inches, mm-hmm. which is usually commercial- or old-timey, I don't know. So I had to wait up until literally today until I got the extender hardware directly from the manufacturer. So for the last three weeks, we've had nothing but a deadbolt in our front door, and everything else has basically been cardboarded up, because there are holes right through the door. (laughs) So my wife's super happy with me. Yeah, More so than usual. Uh, So that's what I will be working on as soon as this podcast is over. So
1: Fun. Yeah. So be, all that to say you are, are gonna be very, very busy boy coming up. Very, very busy
0: boy. I I will likely be traveling two out of four weeks a month, something like that. Wow. That's a lot. That's a, a lot. lot. Yeah. Yes.
2: But it sounds like when you when you're tackling that door problem that you know you, you when you bought the whole the whole thing instead of just getting the cylinder. Yeah. It sounds like you kinda had a brain freeze there, huh? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I also am appreciating your excellent uh segue currently. I learned the topic, from the best. Yeah, this is pretty good. That was pretty good. Uh, the topic this week is brain freeze. And sort of, we, as everyone knows, we like to sort of come up with a catchy phrase and then build a conversation around it. And uh, we kind of on the fly was, figure out even what those phrases mean.
2: That's that's what like all those, you know, those NPR podcasts and stuff do too, isn't it? They just make up a title and then like all the yeah,
0: podcasts. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of research behind it, but there's no. some dude just
2: making it up on the fly. Hey, next week's podcast, winging it. That's the name. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that needs a little bit of prep.
0: <laughs> I don't know if we're ready for that one. Um, yeah, so uh, so you're absolutely right that that is brain freeze. I mean, you know, so there's a couple of things that brain freeze means, and we sort of discussed this in the podcast a little bit. Brain freeze obviously refers to you know when you when you eat ice cream too quickly, and then you get that ice cream headache. That's brain freeze, right? So there is that part of it where like we do th- something too quick. And then we make a mistake, and it's painful.
2: Or when you're, uh, you know, spraying lacquer without a mask on.
0: Oh yeah, there's that. <laughs> there is don't, that. Don't don't do that, by the way. I have terrible. done that. It is not. Is fun. there a
1: yeah. that, That's a rule. It's more of a guideline.
0: <laughs> mm. oh, Recommendation. I
1: don't, I, I don't read the distractions, So. Right.
0: And then uh, and then the other part of it is you know like the, the brain, you know gassy thing that I don't
1: want to wait, say. No, wait, wait, wait. We're talking about the brain. And then you say gassy.
0: Gassy exhaust. The brain gassy exhaust, if you know what I'm saying. So, you know when you make a mistake because you just like weren't paying attention? You know, like, oh, I need to cut this 11 three quarters, but really it needed to be like oh, 12 and three quarters.
1: Oh, so you're saying like a a um, uh, gassy exhaust.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Bill. That's what I'm saying. So, uh... <laughs> So that's really the topic, right? And then, and then I thought that, uh, or we thought that uh, we tossed out a whole bunch of examples of times that we've done something ridiculous, like either one of those two scenarios. So, you know, uh, I'll go. Qu- I'll go first because I do this almost routinely. I-, I can't even tell you how much material I've wasted because I will measure the inside dimensions of a box and then just go and cut it, and then not remember that I had cut dados for this. I guess sliding insert for the whiskey boxes. So that it goes in, so then, you know, I measure the inside dimensions, and it's 14 inches, but really, I should be cutting it at 14, 14 and, a and a half, half inches, because yeah. I've got a quarter inch data on both sides, I'm like, ugh, no, and I did that actually one time, uh, I did that, one time I did that with, I take these reclaimed 2 by 4s or just thicker pieces of pine, and I turn them into my lid um, frames because I make them separately in the box. Sometimes, if the box is big enough, what I'll do is I'll do that thing where you glue the whole box together, including both top and bottom, and then you cut it open. Mm-hmm. If it's big enough... Yeah. If it's a smaller box, I make the box and the frame separately. Uh, I make the box and the lid separately. So this one time, I, I I just cut it too short, one of the longer pieces of the frame, and uh, and I had no more material, except for like a, a small off-cut. So what I did was I actually... I did, I did, I gave it the old loot special. I did a scarf joint and I glued them back together. And then on top of that, I cut a spline and then I splined it and then I stained the whole thing and you could barely see it. But it was like just so much work. If I had just like paid attention for a half a second more, instead it was like an extra 45 minutes of work
1: and two hours of glue wait time. And it's, it's so much extra work for a quarter inch mistake. I know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That is the worst. But the, and the other option is going to the store or, or finding another pallet or yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah, but at eleven o'clock at night and
0: I just exactly. want this thing done or you right. know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just it's so frustrating.
1: Oh I yeah. got it. It's um brain toot.
0: There you go.
1: You know, I'm not sure
0: that needed explanation, but I'm glad you put it out there. <laughs> 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 it's like the guy who comes back ten minutes later. Oh I know. <laughs> to get to the other side of course
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well then tim what about you have you uh tooted it all lately um it well, doesn't
0: make mistakes
2: <laughs> um i just i just did one today that's kind of similar along the same lines um a, a, a woman brought in a um it wasn't a you know it wasn't a big one, but it's just kind of like oh, you idiot you know she she has this uh, antique bed frame, but she doesn't have the the angle iron, the the button rail, re- whatever. So she was asking me to just kind of get this thing up and working as a bed frame on the cheap. And uh, so what I decided to do was the cheapest way to do it was to just basically build out of two by fours a platform to hold mm-hmm. the box spring and then bolt this brass headboard and footboard to it. You know, with, uh, so it was like you know it was a pre- so I had the you know I bought four two by fours and. And, um, and I proceeded to, you know, measure the, the width of it. And well, first I measured the length and I, and I cut my, my two long ones, you know, like 75 inches or whatever it is. And then I measured the, and I remembered to measure inside, not outside, (laughs) you know, like, you know, like, and I, you know, okay. And so I cut, um, I cut four, um, pieces to go across it was one on each end and then two in the middle to a little extra support you know make sure it's nice and tight and you know might as well overbuild it and then i had to cut the little legs and had to be like 11 and a half inches long and so i grabbed the cutoffs and i cut two little legs and then i grabbed one of the pieces that i just measured and cut to fit in the middle and cut a leg (laughs) off of that (laughs) instead of instead of the the other two by four that i had left the other six foot section of two by four i had left or whatever Right. right i grabbed the so then i had to go cut you know i had to i had another two by four in the rafters i had to pull out and cut to to get the long
1: piece because i that's that's a tough one because had you not had that that's that's well but here's
2: that's another trip
1: but here's here's (laughs) when i i
2: I popped into the box store this morning and i said i need four two by fours to do this job i better buy five and I said, oh, wait, I have one in the rafters. I'm just going to buy
0: four. And sure oh. enough. <laughs> you needed it. <laughs> I needed it. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What is your rule for buying lumber? What's the overage you normally buy?
2: Um, well, it depends, on what, it depends on the lumber, but that's a really good question. And also the job. Um, I, I like to have extra for things like that quarter-inch mistake. And I also like to have extras because then they become, you know, material for other projects, right? So with something like a two by four, like they're inexpensive, so I'll pretty much figure out what I need. If it's like, yeah, I'm building a deck, you you don't just get one extra, you get like, you know, ten extra. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I was actually thinking of that exact project
1: that I'm going to be doing that.
2: Um, Yeah, ten extra. That's your answer. So how much are two by fours (laughs) in Canada?
1: Because you can get like deck two by fours are going to be maybe seven or eight bucks a piece.
0: Well, I'm gonna be doing oh, I'm gonna be doing two by pressure treated twelve foot um eight by ten two by uh, sorry, two by
2: eights. You don't wanna buy any extra of those.
0: Yeah. Exactly. No, seriously,
2: you wanna you wanna figure that out. As much as you can, you know what I mean. I yeah. need
0: fifty of them to just cover the top of the deck. Yeah. So you I figured need... I'd get an extra five in case I cut something too short or one of yeah. them splits or something like that.
1: Yeah. Oh you you can't I use I, another yeah. material for the deck. Instead of PT? Yeah. Like what? Uh, Redwood. I um, oh, don't have that here. Yeah, that's just Con- conifer. You, even that. even pine. If you if you maintain it, it's a it's a lot more work than the pressure treated. You can use the pressure treated for the for the sub base, you know, and the frame mm-hmm. and the structure, but don't cover it with pressure treated. Use yeah, I would do something better. Yeah, just yeah, even 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 cheap construction two by fours. If you put a good deck coating paint on it, you know, like a bear or whatever you know brand. I wouldn't even go two bys I mm. would do.
2: A, I would even go a one by. Get even like uh, I mean, you could get, you could get cedar possibly, and if you go cedar. to, it's if a you fortune go, here. It's it, thin. What a, you can is, get whatever
1: you want that's mm. cheap. Just mm. get two by four construction grade two by fours. They're cheap. They're a buck buck fifty, maybe two bucks where you're at. Yeah, um, For like four dollars here. Yeah, probably the way get get, yeah. get get the get cheapest you can and just coat it. You know, put put mm. put a ton of thompson's water seal on it if you have to you can stain it you can they have the deck paint now like i said that's like a rubber coating basically that goes over it now you will have to maintain it more than you would pressure treated but ah, walking on pressure treated wood man you don't want to do that okay well, i wouldn't get two by fours though i would get i mean you were talking about using two yeah, by eights. get two by eight two by eights whatever yeah. two by sixes, it don't matter switch yeah. them up be creative make a make a design use you know what i mean Almost like and you staggered. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's <clears> a hard <throat> pass on that.
0: I'll just get the two by eights. Basically what happens is I'm going to rebuild the exact deck I have, except I'm going to be moving the stairs. But there's two, like you walk out, and then there's a set of stairs on the left and the right. And because we have kids, we really want to really more sort of control the exits, I guess. So, I'm, uh, <laughs> so
1: just eliminate the stairs, stairs altogether.
0: I'm going to have one set of stairs.
1: No, just known, and then it's 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 a natural then selection. It's, just a, it's a prison. Yeah. yeah. It, no two mm. openings, no stairs. Natural <laughs> selection. Whoever survives, that's the strongest kid. That's that that's one, something I'm going to do. That advice. one, you, that one, you used to breed. Right. <laughs> that's right.
0: Basically, I'm going to treat my children like they're uh, you know human secretariat.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Actually, which is the one that just won the uh, triple crown? What was the name I of that horse? Know.
2: I don't know. There was a
1: horse that just won the Triple Crown. That's but at least deal. I want the one that survives to not walk on pressure-treated wood. Fair enough.
0: Okay. Anyways, I'm glad we had this conversation because that definitely yeah, changed what I'm going to do.
2: Bill's got a, he's got a good point with that because with the pressure-treated you don't necessarily have to stain it, but you don't want to. You know, with the with the other wood, you you're gonna have to coat it with something, which is a pain in the neck, but.
1: You that's okay. One, once a year, I mean, you pressure okay. wash it. You might have to put another coat on could, it or something. So,
2: if you if you want to spend, if you want to spend the money and make it maintenance free, just get uh, get like the Trex or the Azek. The fake that's wood. expensive. That's expensive, yeah. but
1: expensive.
2: power wash it once a year and that's it. You're done. It'll yeah,
1: last forever. There yeah. ain't nothing wrong with a, a little bit of daddy time out on the deck, recoding it once a year makes the makes the family see that you're amazing at what you do and.
0: I'm not sure a ro- paint roller is going to do that, but I, I
2: certainly will give that a shot. Okay. Yeah. Just you, you do it with the broom handle, you know, you, you, yeah. don't, have to, you don't have to squat. Just stand. No, no. Right. That's actually, that's actually kind of enjoyable. So you roll
1: a broom handle around the paint? What? Exactly. You just get a broom. And you <laughs> is that is that like a rolling pin? Use a rolling pin. That would be cool. That would be that's, a lot of that's fun. That's like an you. anti-brain toot right there.
0: I like how we went from like really good solid advice to just like just grab your, ridiculous grab your off pin. the deep end.
1: If you if you do some flocking on the outside of the rolling pin, huh? Have yeah, I think, the I whole think now
0: we're talking real common sense advice. Start
1: saving your sawdust now and
2: flock the whole deck. Did you see that? Uh, was it? oh Construct- yeah, Constructicon did that. He he mixed dye with his sawdust and he made uh, his own uh-huh. flocking. You flock your whole deck; it'll be nice and soft, and you'll
1: nobody will slip.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm, gonna oh, I'm not gonna flock that.
1: Have you thought, and, and I, just to continue with this, and, and, and to oh, be a good. little bit more serious, um, yeah. what about alternative to decking, not treks, but like um, uh, like playgrounds are made from that rubber stuff where kids can fall on it but they don't get hurt. You know what I'm talking about? Rubber mulch. Yeah, and it, it's kind of like a. It's not mulch, it's actually, it's like a solid padding, so you... Oh, uh, okay. You yeah. Oh, they, they make I mean? the stuff you climb on, yeah. Right. The, uh, uh, you I still need it. a
0: substrate for it to sit on.
1: Right, but, if you're, but it's probably waterproof, so you wouldn't have to, you know what I mean? It'd be like a but big But whatever mat. is under it is going to get water trapped, and it's just going to rot yeah. away. Thompson's water seal, and then put that over the top of it. That would be like the coolest deck ever. You can do about, a slip and slide. What right about like stairs expanded that don't exist. steel?
2: The whole thing, just hot expanded steel.
1: <laughs> I think now, right
2: now we're
0: back rest. into good advice territory.
2: <laughs> I'm trying to trying to get us back on track.
0: Yeah, no, that's that what worked. Train track. Oh, should we <laughs> get out of train
2: tracks? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, speaking Lower. of brain freezes, so who as? Um, well, what are some of the other brain freezes? There's the brain freezes that we we're just talking about now, where you like, you know, you 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 measured twice and it cut it once and it's still too short and you know and all that stuff. But um then there's the other how about just like the in the planning stages? Like um where you're like you're you're trying to figure out how to do something. That happens to oh, me all the time. Oh, oh where I'm like I I, I can't figure how am I gonna hang this door? How am I gonna hang this door? And then all of a sudden you realize oh yeah I'm gonna put a hinge on it. You know uh how about that? You got any good examples. Yeah like that?
1: this this new to me um uh Luthiering you'll you'll get this right away Tim. Um the Phil, this will take you a month, yeah. Well, I mean, because, okay, I, I can't walk out of that. You're right. It would take you a month. No, just All right. kidding. All right, um, <laughs> no, but uh, figuring out the scale, I don't know how many times when I first started building, you've got how much of the neck for a guitar, a cigar box guitar has to go through the cigar box. Where is that bridge going to sit? And then to figure out your scale. So like the first one I built, it's like, I okay, 25 and a half. So I actually made the fretboard... Perfectly spaced for the scale, but I cut the actual neck too short, so the spacing is wrong because – does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. It, yeah, it's like it's a it's a total – it's like even though there's only about 19 inches worth of frets, you still need to consider the other six the, and a half the, inches. The to, space where you pluck. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, wow, that was really hard. I, mean, I
2: think that that's for – because you don't play. Right. I think that, I think if you played prior to making one, you would have – That would have made more sense to you, that math, you know, because that's like when you're learning to play, you kind of learn a little about that. And I I always like would teach kids like the very first lesson that I would give to kids. Well, adults too, six or 60, you know, I I taught all ages and I would always like kind of explain to them like, well, this is how it works. The string vibrates, you know, because it's tight. You know, the tighter it is, the higher pitch it is, or the shorter it is, the higher pitch it is. And I would show them, like, the the middle one. They see where there's two dots. That's exactly in half. That's why. So now it's the same note, but twice as fast. So it's exactly, you know, an octave higher. And You you know, give them all those sort of. But since you you didn't know any of that when you started making it, you were just looking at it from a builder standpoint.
1: I was copying it from Casey's um, uh, Ibanez, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I got, like I said, I got the fret spacing perfectly, but the neck was too short, which threw everything off. Yeah, so. yeah. Anyway, anyway, measure is that whole measure once, cut twice yeah, thing. Yeah, uh, it really yeah. is. And then, the, but my, I guess my the reason why I brought that up is not to make Phil feel isolated, but it's like when you figure something out that you screwed up and then you turn around, and I think you said this, Phil, you turn right around and do it again. Yeah. Like Even though you and you think you've corrected the mistake, but you actually do the same thing just a little bit differently, but it's still wrong.
0: Do you think that some of this goes or goes back to the fact that basically everything we make is a prototype? Yes, well, I yeah. feel like very few things that we do. Like, like I have a couple of products, and those right. are just things I don't even have to think about. Like, I don't even have to look at a plan. I just, you know, I it, it's already memorized everything. Like all of my machine settings are muscle memory already. But I think for the most part, everything we're making is always prototypes. or always doing something new. We're also trying different techniques, and so you know, you, you have a, an idea of what it's going to look like in your mind as far as not even just the end result, but the mechanics of getting it there. And you're like, oh, wait, actually, it doesn't work that way. Or, oh, I really should have thought this through a little bit more because maybe it's a little bit different than... The-. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I think it's everything's always new.
1: I, I think, um, absolutely, I tease all the time about, you know, I don't read the destructions. But actually, if you build something off a set of plans, the odds of you screwing up are so minimal. It, it yeah. Really yeah. Is. <laughs> yeah. And oh, if so you cool. actually... Well, you you can, but I mean, if, if you actually follow a, if you get Woodward, a plans to build something and you follow along those plans, the odds of you screwing up are minimized because every there's a cut list, there's everything is ready, it's there's visual aid, everything no is ready thinking. for you. Right. If you actually design the plans yourself, then it's almost not going to be a chance that you can screw up at all because you have prototyped it. Now you've built the plans for it. Mm. You you will I mean, so there's an advantage to that. And I know um, Izzy is one that's recommended to, I think, all three of us that you guys should be making plans for some of the designs that you have, blah, 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 blah. And for me, it's like, I don't know how to do that other than to scribble it down on paper. But it, but it makes sense. If you have to take the time to learn how to actually do using whatever the software is um, for that thing. Um, but if you make those plans, you are going to be an expert in that thing because you've actually designed the process by which it will be built.
0: Yeah, I did that. I did cart. I did plans for a planer cart that I built mm-hmm. for when I worked with Milescraft. And, uh, <laughs> they didn't like my plans. So, <laughs> so actually, I guess I'm free to use them and to sell them. So maybe I'll do that. Um, but actually, you're, you're absolutely right because I've only, I've only built one project ever off of plans. And it's funny you said Izzy because there were Izzy's plans for, uh, <laughs> for his flip top tool cart. And that thing came out perfect, you know, from from, mm. from the go, you know, so that was that's – you're right. Because
2: they, they've already figured out that half inch that you just messed up on the dado for the right. box that you yeah. have to – you know what I mean? Well, like, it's all figured out already. So, you well, don't that's have to it. think I about mean, it and make that mistake.
0: I don't have to measure anything. I, you know, I set my table saw for 11 inches yeah. and, you know, by 20 inches yeah. and that's what it fit. is.
1: Yeah. Right. So, just, it's almost – it's almost I'm if working, they take – go ahead.
2: Oh, um, I'm just – I'm working on uh, this, this guitar right now. I've been into – um this is a whole long so I'm into like, making him really thin right now for a whole bunch of reasons and uh, and so there's some challenges in like the way like the neck joint and some things there's some challenges to making them thin that you have to make sure you have everything right and so I had this one I just cut out and I did everything like like it's all it's it's like thin and, and all everything's like working great and it's like oh this is this is awesome this is awesome and then I go in and I went and I had this different type of a uh, switch that I was going to use that I never used before and so I had to make a special, like, slot, and I did a template, and I made it, and the slot's perfect. It fits in just right instead of drilling a hole. I'm like, this is awesome. So I go out, I go to I put the switch in, and the switch is, like, an inch and a half tall, and the guitar's only an inch thick.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so it looks a little weird. So it's, it's sticking out the back. I can't put the back cover on, so I mm. had to. I had to go and then like what I ended up doing, this is because I had that perfect little slot I made for it, but I couldn't use it. I had to go and put like a pick card thing over it and stuff. But, but like there was like a, a prime example of a brain freeze. And now that's like, if I were to make plans for that, for that guitar,
1: I would have that problem
2: solved. Like I could make right. the proper plans, you know?
1: Mm. It's, it's almost like I was going to say, eliminating creativity minimizes mistakes. It's the creative process that, invites those mistakes which is where you get creative right yeah
2: Yeah.
0: i think that's what i like yeah i think some of those mistakes sort of uh invite innovation because you have to do things to correct it to problem solve them yeah like that scarf and then scarf joint and spline i've never done a spline before but I, i had to think okay i've got you know i've got an hour to work tonight i have this piece that's seven inches this piece that's five inches i need a piece that's 10 inches long so I you know, I had to figure out how to combine these things uh so yeah so i th- I think you're right. I think that the process of being creative potentially invites some mistakes right and and then that and then that in turn invites problem solving innovation and creativity
1: well, it's funny problem solving if if there were no problems, there would be nothing to solve, but that's when you don't need to be creative because every, everything is laid out for you, so building off of plans, building by reading the destructions, assembling. Assembling your welder stand or, you know, if you buy one from the store, it, a slot A goes into, you know, tab B or whatever. It, it does eliminate that that possibility of a mistake. But it also, it's just like you don't have to think and there's no creativity. You haven't put your touch on it, you know. That's why I don't read the instructions. You know,
0: I do read the instructions and I have assembled lots of things for my kids. And you know what I find? Uh, a lot of things don't come out of the factory perfect and i have to do some work to them to get them to fit i just built this uh this basketball net for my kids and i'm like i'm like 80% of the way done, and I'm trying to fit bar A into bar D, and you know, it's all got to fit and fit. Pro- I'm like, wait a second, this hole's not supposed to be here. This isn't gonna work. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And then you challenge yourself that you must be wrong, and you'll try and assemble it cool. 30 times before you finally say, no, Here's it, is wrong. it is wrong. It's not me. I then took it over to the may- drill press, and I re drilled the holes, and then it worked.
0: And then Next I said time, to my wife, I said, what do normal humans do? Not everybody's got a, you know, 17-inch you, drill press.
1: You skipped over the part. You, you did it backwards. You tried it 30 times. It didn't work. You said you went to the drill press and made it work. And then you talked to your wife. You try it 30 times. It doesn't work. Have your wife read the direction. She says, oh, go like this. She flips that one thing around upside and everything down. fits. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's that's my (laughs) that's my big thing when I read instructions. It's like, oh, you put this like that, and for whatever reason, I'll have it one piece backwards or upside down. Like, there's the holes that you screw the feet in when it's done, and they're on the inside instead of the outside. Right. I'm like famous for that because I'm like, ah, I don't need instructions. I'm I'm a woodworker. I can just make this. And but there's always just one little detail like that. That uh, but how much satisfaction. Um, just real quick, I think what happens there is that they they have those set up in the factory, right? They make one, they test it, it works great, and they go, okay, make ten thousand. And there's just drift, something drifts. Yes, so, it someone was drift. Someone falls asleep, and they never check them again. Just, right. they, well, that's, they never re- that's
1: that's quality control, and that's where yeah. price comes into it. Because if you check them every fifty, it's going to cost you more. more. If you check yeah. them every one hundred, it costs a little less. If you check them every thousand, yeah. it costs even less. Yeah. Uh, but how much satisfaction? I know you guys have done this, so I, I only have to pretend like it's only me. You do something, you don't read the destruction. I've I put in, part, worked on my car, I have built furniture, I have assembled Ikea stuff for somebody that, that's going to school, right? And when it's done and put together and it works and there's extra parts that you're not supposed to have, I have satisfaction with that. I feel good. <laughs> I feel efficient. You know, yes. like I was able yeah, to yeah. do it with all
0: this left over.
1: You now, know, it's a little that. it's a little tricky when you're working on your car and that happens. But you know what? Take it for a test drive up and back down the street. If it's still running, who needed yeah, those extra what, five bolts, right? Yeah, Th- obviously, the it was over-engineered. On. It was over-engineered. Cars Engineered. come with
2: two carburetors for that reason. <laughs> 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 you know, the guy... The guy I bought my truck off of, like, you know, five or six years ago, whatever, he, like, 100% like, subscribed to that theory. He was a hot rider. He's comfortable with cars, like, we're comfortable with table saws, you know? So he knows which bolts you need and which ones you don't. And that's the way that truck went together. Just like, two bolts is plenty to hold this in, you know? Oh, my God. And, and it was just like, over the years of owning it, I'd be working on something, or I'd have a mechanic working on something. And I'd be like, like ah. You know there was only one bolt and a rent screwdriver holding in your steering pump, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Fantastic. Not surprised, you know. And it worked just fine, <laughs> didn't it? And like all the all the sensors in the engine, you know, it's like a Chevy 350, pretty standard and you know, and there's all those sensors, like temperature sensors and it's cool and stuff. So, they're all just bolts that fit the thread just <laughs> in you don't need none of those sensors. <laughs>
1: yeah. You'll oh, know when
2: was... it's you'll know when it overheats when it blows up. Well, you right. know what? As a guy who's owned old cars my whole life, that's my wife and I were just talking about that, like especially old European cars. Like you'd be in traffic and you'd be watching that temperature gauge go up, and you're getting nervous, like oh my god, I'm gonna overheat, and uh, all these people are gonna kill me, you know. (laughs) And uh, and so when I got the truck, I was like, oh, it's an old car. I need a temperature gauge. It doesn't have one, and I bought it. I popped the hood. I saw the bolt was in there, and I was like, oh, I was like, I gotta. I was like, you know what? I'll do it tomorrow. And then like a week went by, and I didn't do it. And then another week went by, and it was summer. And it was hot and my car wasn't overheating and I wasn't stressing looking at the temperature gauge at stoplights. So I was like, I don't need this stress in my life. So I just don't I just don't have a temperature. So and it's it's never overheated on me and it probably never will. And if I had that temperature gauge, I'd probably be worried about it overheating on me all the time. This is why that's I That's the subs-
1: reason I don't go to the doctor. <laughs> I was gonna say that's the reason I don't subscribe to fire alarms. Well, there you go.
0: K Sarah Sarah, am I right?
1: Right.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with mine and say you guys are wrong though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. It seems like fairly consistent logic throughout, though.
1: <laughs> so what what are some other examples of, of brain free So we obviously in the shop, it's pretty easy to think of something that you just come across. I, I think I'm just talking about roadblock or stumbling block. Uh, you're working on a project, you think you have everything figured out, and you're halfway through, and you just you don't know what to do next you have you know what i mean i i I've, I've had a complete brain freeze where i'm just like what is the next step and you stumble with it and that's mm. when you you kind of almost mm-hmm. have to have somebody you know walk away come back something has to happen to restart because you're like at a loss or 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 is that now that might just be me
0: yeah i haven't done that much LSD but um, i think one of the bigger <laughs> ones for me <laughs> is I consistently, and I'm guilty of this all the time, is I consistently forget how powerful an impact driver is. So where I I should be using a drill to drive a screw that's going to be a little bit more delicate, like a smaller brass, or like even a smaller, just more More delicate, like a number 10 screw or something, you know? Instead, I use the impact driver, and it's good until it gets to the hammer function and then just strips the hell out of that Phillips head. And I'm like, I know this. I've done it a thousand times. Why do I, you know, so maybe sometimes like just sort of forgetting that you need to be a little bit more delicate with some tools versus others.
1: Yeah. I I think I've talked about that before with um, drilling a small hole through something where you're holding it. (laughs) <laughs> and you do it every time. And it's like, okay, I'm going to start drilling, but this time I'm going to stop almost when I'm all the way through, and then I'll move my hand because you need right. that pressure to to drill. Right. Instead of putting it, you know, like on the table or in the vice, that would make way too much sense. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know how many times where I've gone through because I think I'm just, okay, get ready, and right then it goes through. And then you pop your you finger and you're bit. like, ow. Yeah you, get, yeah, you get that little bite.
2: Yeah. yeah. Mine is always, and I've, I've said it a million times, mine's hammers. You're, hitting, you're tapping yeah. something in, it's a little too tight. You're tapping it, you just have to start hitting a little harder. You're like, I shouldn't be doing this, it's going to crack. There it is. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <Every> <laughs> That's
0: true. Time. Every Watching time. mistakes happen as yeah. you're narrating them in your head. Yes. Yes, like, yes. Yeah. you know this is not going to work, right? Yeah, yeah it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't work. That, that
1: that could I'm going to keep topic.
0: hitting it anyways.
1: because yeah. That game, could be man. the topic. When you can predict the mistake, you shouldn't have made it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. as, as you're doing it, you right? Know. As you're doing, it's like I'm going to drill into my finger right now. I you're should stop. It. Yeah, yeah. Every well, time, not just yeah. once. Here we Every are. Time. It's yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. That so is that's a, a good, good one. one. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that is a good
0: one. But you know what? I'd love to hear from our audience, guys. I want you to uh, write us in, tweet us in. Let's get a little. Uh, let's get a little feedback. What are some of those? brain freeze moments for you guys. Like, that's what I want. Like, I know the mistakes that I make. I'm fairly confident I'm certain of the mistakes Bill makes. But I want to hear from you guys. What is it that you uh, do on a consistent basis that you're just like, okay, dum-dum, I can't believe I just did this again.
1: And we will dub this. I just came up with it because we were struggling with it earlier. Instead of a brain freeze, we'll call it a noodle toot. Right? Noodle toot? No, we won't. Use the old noodle. noodle? we're going to call it a brain a, freeze.
2: Brain what, freeze is yeah. fine. I like
1: loots Noodle Toot. You can do you can whatever you want your You can your own show, time. kid. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> your time is your time, buddy. That's, That's right. <laughs> Dude, oh, man. This, is our, this is our time.
0: <laughs> Bill, let me ask you a very serious question. This week, what would you say grabbed your attention?
2: Wait. We have that other segment. I think it's Bill's turn.
1: Oh, and
0: I already know the one I want to find. Yeah. Yeah, God forbid we just did in the reverse order there. That would have really killed the flow. Uh,
1: you know, Phil, see, possibly. this is where this is what happens. You get a brain freeze, you forget, you place. skip a step, and now you try and blame it on us. You just okay, had a brain right, freeze, let's, didn't you?
0: Let's hear your favorite Perfect example. I mean, by accident that you put your finger on it, iTunes review. Oh no, I'm going to look for this one. What mine? Mine was a total like uh, serendipitous.
2: Can we get all of them? Can we make an app? Maybe Jason Payne, are you listening? Can you make us an app that puts all of our iTunes reviews into like a, a the wheel or the um, the price oh, is right, right the wheel generator? Re- the price is right wheel. So we spin it on our phone, and then right, uh, right. that's not. That, that we need know, help. Really. Obviously, hold That'd on to cool, spin the wheel. All right. Hold so the the, re-
1: the review review. I'm going to try and go back a long way, scrolling down. Memory lane. I'm scrolling down memory lane and um,
2: riveting radio right now. This is well, this is why I added this segment. Well, yes, I mean,
1: listen, first of all, it's good, it's good exercise to um,
0: this is good exercise to uh, get a lobotomy to.
1: Yeah. All right, I'm going to scroll. <laughs> Hold on. Look, watch. I'm just going to scroll and whatever that is. Oh, there's a roulette wheel. Okay. These guys, five stars. The banter between these dudes is hilarious. This is from Ski's Woodchop, November 8th, 2017. Is it the e- banter E-Z-E between e
2: these, or S-K-I-S? these. SKIS.
1: SKIS, like skis, like okay. water skis, snow skis. Okay. Ski's Woodchop. I'm going to try th- and I'm going to do a fill here. I'm going to try and do this in a. What's that? What's the. These guys. Right? What's that's the, Christopher, uh, Christopher Walking. Yeah, yeah. Oh my the God. The banter between these dudes is hilarious, which is good since they rarely ever talk about actual upcycling <laughs> or making. Yeah. Except Lutz. Surprise. He's always making some sort of guitar. One of my favorite podcasts. Thank you, Ski job oh, well, I, I rate okay that, that review one. November 8th, 2017. I rate that um a thumb two, th- uh, th- uh, two thumbs and two pinkies up yeah
2: that, that's You're a good welcome. rating
1: so basically that's, he just said i'm the real upcyclist and you two are just fodder for my enjoyment okay.
0: fodder for your enjoyment okay yes. I, every once else? in a while bill every once in a while <laughs> uh, like that you know i don't know man it's it's like the man behind the curtain peeks out. And I'm like, hmm. Is he hustling <laughs> me every other day? That's weird. Okay.
1: Okay. Am I now allowed to say Phil, the thing now?
0: Go. What grabbed your attention this week? Because I'll tell you the word fodder grabbed mine.
1: <laughs> uh, I'll be happy to go again. Yeah, big surprise. Go okay. ahead. Yeah. Um, so what grabbed... There's... A couple of things that grabbed my attention. One of them is because I got to visit family and because my daughter's family has a bunch of little siblings included into it. One of the things that has caught my attention now is that, have you guys seen lately, and this is for maybe not the maker. Maybe this is for somebody who doesn't have the time, but these, you can join these um, like once a month little science kits for your kids. And it's yeah. fairly inexpensive. Tinker, yeah. yeah. Diff- diff- there's a bunch. There's quite a few different ones because I've looked into it. But it's got these really cool little science projects where you can get a little electric motor and a nine volt battery and a couple of wheels and a rubber band. You can. And it comes with a kit. Every month you get something different. and allows them to put it together. And I think far and away that is. Wow, that's really, it's, it's like you see all these things, uh, you know, your mustache in a box every month, shave kits or whatever, or all these different things for guys. This is for kids. This is science for kids yeah. that come once a month. That caught my attention. Also, <clears throat> we have, and I, I didn't know this, but Casey informed me, we have a listener, a brand new listener by proxy. Somebody who has listened to every episode because of Joy Parker who is a a friend of Casey's. She is a maker. She is amazing. And she loves our podcasts. She listens avidly. She lives in Lake Tahoe, California. And she comes down to the Bay Area. And when she's in the car and her husband is in the car, who is not a maker, doesn't ever want to be a maker, doesn't care about making in any way, shape, or form. But Rob has listened to every one of our podcasts. (laughs) By default. (laughs) (laughs) By default. So we actually have a listener by proxy. So shout out to Rob Parker. Thank you for your non-support, my friend. We love you.
0: (laughs) Thank you for your your tacit support.
1: Yes, tactile. (laughs) Tactile. Textile. No, tacit. I don't know what tacit means.
0: It's like implicit. Like he's just there. So he's listening. That's how I feel all the time. I also feel like you're there. Um, <laughs> what about you, Tim? What grabbed your attention?
2: Um, th- kind of, kind of a strange one. There's, there's a a podcast that uh, I forget who I'm sorry. Someone hit me to it. The podcast is called Turned Out a Punk, and um, I've been listening to it off and on because there was a, a musician on there that I wanted, I wanted to hear from. Uh, so basically, it's like this punk rock musician and he interviews other people about um, punk rock music, like the old days. Like oh, i remember when. And uh, this week, I guess in the early days of his show, he actually had Anthony Bourdain on Um, and he had developed a friendship with Anthony Bourdain. I guess he was on a TV show with him or something. And, uh, and so he was very emotional about the passing of him. Uh, and I, I don't know much about the guy. Um, and, uh, I, I never watched any of the shows or anything, but so I listened to this interview with him, and he was a fascinating guy. He's very involved in the in the punk rock scene in the early '70s, um, you know, in New York City, and uh, he's very knowledgeable about it. And it sounds like he had a really hard and interesting life. Um, but one of the things that he said, and that's this is kind of what I'm getting to, is he's talking about like the Sex Pistols, like we all know the the Sex Pistols, and and he was kind of like, yeah, well they're like the, they're like the sellout punk band because they're the band that got on the label, made one halfway decent album. They hired guys because they looked good. And, uh, and they made one really good album that brought attention to the scene that had already been happening for years. Um, you know, of all these other like amazing bands that, that because of bands like the sex pistols, who were the quote sellouts they got other people to look, find these bands and listen to them and then gave them opportunities to have, you know, careers is kind of his point. And that's like one of those things in the, in the YouTube world, you know, where they, you hear that a lot, like, Oh, you're a sellout. Um, and, and this and that and it got me th- thinking about that like you know th- there's all these people that i've maybe called a sellout or you've called a sellout in different genres whether it's music or whatever like oh it's a sellout but but those people are the ones that's the when they talk about high tides raising you know or you know raising all ships like those are the people that bring the tide in you know mm-hmm. what i mean um yeah and so well maybe like you 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 know you don't like the person that's sold out but because of that person you you find all this stuff that you do like and i just have been thinking about that whole concept of mm, being a quote Sell out in different ways because it's something I, I've thought about and, and dealt with and experimented with and, like, quote, selling out on in my social media platforms and stuff and, and what that means. Like, do I want to be the guy that sells out and, you know, and has everybody, like, hate me for not being true, but then that gives, you know, Bill Lutz's channel more people. You know what I mean? Or that gives Phil's chance and that and that brings, you know, more people to other places. Like is that I don't know if I do. Like, and that's what I'm thinking about. Like, I don't know which because I've always been the, the guy like yelling sellout, not being sell out. Mm-hmm. You know? I um
1: I I've had an analogy for this for a long time, and it's like you walk you, you walk a trail that everybody walks, right? And you don't take that little side path because you don't know what's there. That one person, that sellout, that somebody that actually Cut takes a shortcut, you don't want to walk that way because that's a shortcut, that's a sellout right? But that person actually makes a little bit of a path and now somebody else follows it and all these years you've been going the one way and never saw everything else that's on the other side you know what I mean? If it hadn't been for one person that took a shortcut um, you never would have realized that there's some beautiful beats right at the end of this trail or you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying?
2: Yeah well that's like the 13th note thing I always say but I guess where it gets questionable is when you start involving other people's money you know can we just yeah, but, turn but,
0: but, sellouts but, into trailblazing heroes?
2: Yes,
1: yeah, I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I I don't – this is why I always said I'll be the first one to sell out. You want to pay me – if it's going to put – if it's going to meet my needs to do something, as long as I make sure – I know. I I, sorry. But I, I don't think there's such a thing as a sellout, just like I don't think people actually use constructive criticism.
2: <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew as soon as you said that.
0: <laughs> that is a false equivalency, yeah. but that's fine.
2: Well, just just something to think about. I don't know. So that was that was my thought. I it was like just it. The, the concept of sellouts, and I just like I'm trying to use this to do like my my deep thoughts segment, and not mm-hmm. you know, like, like kind of just get get us think, thinking about things differently. You know, different perspectives. Definitely. Uh, how about you, Phil?
0: Uh, well, Anthony Bourdain kind of hit home a little bit. My wife and I have been uh, Parts Unknown fans for a little while, and we actually watched a whole bunch of them this week because CNN has been running them and. He was such an interesting, uh, complex character that it was. Uh, mm. I, I fell in love with him awesome. in this interview. I kind of I, yeah. I want
2: to go watch his shows now. I never watched a single one.
0: Yeah, because yeah. you know what the guy was. The guy was a, a professional chef. He was you know classically trained. I think he was even a Michelin chef. But mm-hmm. you know he 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 went through some serious rough patches in life and and didn't shy away from it. Wasn't pretentious. Wasn't arrogant about anything. It was just like open to new experiences. And uh, and was just real and authentic throughout the entire show. And that, that came through. And I, I really appreciated who he was and what he brought, uh, you know, to, I guess, TV. We had, there was actually an episode that he did on Montreal. So my wife and I watched it. And we we're like, uh, okay, all right, that's not bad. When you see, just sort of see your city through the lens of an, outside, mm. an outsider, it was interesting. So what, uh, was but that- the, uh,
1: what was the different food to something? Because that's kind of what it was about, right? These out-of-the-ordinary... What he, he
0: focused mostly on, uh, first of all, he came in the dead of winter, right? So when I think of Montreal, I don't think of the dead of winter, but I guess if you're an outsider, you probably do. Like he came like in, he came like in February during like blizzards and then focused a lot on, um, on some very famous chefs here. But some of the more famous chefs here are kind of, uh, guys who do things more with like game meat. Okay. So the guy was like cooking beaver and he was cooking, uh, you know, like and uh, they were eating like goose heart and and you know like that's I've never eaten that stuff in my life it's not something that I would be into you know uh so it was it was kind of weird cuz like that doesn't really represent me or this city as much in my mind like yeah, anyways so some, it. Of it was, some of it was some of it was true and some of it was obviously for tv and It's good for me to be reminded of that, that that's for sure what, you know, the episode on Marseille was probably very similar. And the episode on Tokyo was similar. people that live in
2: Tokyo are like, that doesn't represent me. Exactly.
0: (laughs) But that isn't even what grabbed my attention, although it did. Uh, What grabbed my attention this week actually is very similar to what you're talking about in the sellout, uh, you know, realm. Was uh, Matthias and John Heise went back and forth on the idea of uh, having worked with DeWalt. Yeah. And sort of the backlash at that cause and that actually working with DeWalt caused, uh, cost Matthias money because the amount of money that he worked for was too little. And then people, their perception of him was that, look, oh, look, he's making all this money from working with DeWalt. I don't have to buy the plans from him. And he was saying that people don't really 100% necessarily use the plans, but they buy them as a way of helping to support him. So they saw this DeWalt sponsorship and figured, ah, he's rolling in it. He doesn't need my help anymore. And and he saw a like drastic drop in in uh, in plan sales, and that really really hurt him. So I thought that was an interesting. Well, hmm. it just so happens to be a very uh, you know uh, appropriate sort of juxtaposition to what you were talking about on being a sellout. But you know, being a sellout actually end up being hurtful to this guy, and and he won't do it anymore.
2: Well, you know, I every every video. I make, I have that, you know, when you look in the analytics, there's, um, I lose subscribers on everyone and I gain subscribers on everyone, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. where the, so people are like, oh, I like this guy. It's the new people or the people are like I've had enough of this guy's crap, you know, and they leave. Right. And, um, which, you know, it's me. just bound to happen. It just happens. Yeah. I mean, I, that's okay, Bill. I know you'll come back. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, uh, it, it inevitably, if I have a video that has uh, sponsored content, those have, uh, I have a higher unsubscribe level. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I usually I usually come out in the in the the black or whatever. You know, but um, like it's there's always more people subscribe than unsubscribe. But it, inevitably, the, those numbers are are you know skewed and uh, negatively. It's interesting. Have you ever we- done
0: the math to see how much attrition you're gaining from sponsored versus like is it like a monumental shift or is it just like three percent instead of one and a half percent?
2: Uh, it's probably more like that. I mean, it's not like a huge you know there's no difference. um yeah it's
0: anecdotally anyways anecdotally yeah it,
2: again it's not like necessarily something that would maybe go oh i have to stop doing this because it's going to right. affect my my business because it's it's not but there's the potential for that you know right. and so and so yeah, you, you it, have to be it? careful or i have to be careful with that like i have people like uh you're talking about tinker crate they contacted me about doing a thing on vance's channel oh, and very i was like good. and um this is years ago and i was like no that's not but they weren't paying. It was just mm-hmm. like they would give us a box and have us do it. I was like, oh, I'm not doing a free commercial for you guys with my son. Like that's you know that's not yeah. g- gonna be beneficial for anybody.
1: But then yeah, I I'm did not, one with I'm not pimping out my son for free. I mean Well You gotta pimp it out for
0: money.
2: Yeah, but um and it's like it kinda goes against the, the upcycling thing of uh, and the the message that Vance and I are both trying to portray. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. A, and, but then I met these people at a local maker fair that have this product where you use cardboard and these little plastic clips that they make. And so mm-hmm. Vance and I did exactly the Tinker Crate video for them because they were local. It was a local business run by teenagers that was started,
1: and it, you can use reclaimed cardboard and recycled cardboard. Oh, See, like and that. this this is why I'm trying to say I think the word sellout is just used improperly, like constructive criticism. I was going to
0: say yeah, it mm-hmm. is.
1: It's just you know I don't think I don't think Matthias is saying so much that selling out hurt him. Is what he's saying is that this business decision that he made is not it's not the smart way to go so now he knows and he's going to go doing that but you could also say that he's selling out to his fans right just by just by i'm going to rely on your support as opposed to a sponsor i mean you can always turn a negative spin on it i just don't like the word sellout well i
0: think think because the words we're using maybe the word sellout wrong i think if if you're working with sponsors that resonate with your message that's not selling out that's working with sponsors period Right, so if selling you're putting... out is if Tim started working with uh, Home Depot, uh, you know, brand new materials stuff. You know what I mean? Something that's just totally contrary to who you are. That's selling
1: out. Yes and no, because if Tim is doing that because his kids are hungry, that's not selling out. It still is selling out though, because it's it's antithetical
2: to who it, you are. You're doing it for money, whether you need it or not. You're doing it for money, and it's antithetical to who you are. So it's selling out. Uh, yeah. And that's, I, I, and well,
0: that's where it gets... someone's bought your integrity. That is what sell it means. I I, I use this
1: example all the time for Casey. Two people that are smart that agree on something can sit in the room. That's all you need to be right about something.
0: I I'm not sure that just because you put a lot of words together that you said anything. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's how it works. Um. But all to say, I think we're all on the same page about this. And if we're not, we, I'm just going to say that we are anyways.
2: I have a uh, no because it's, it's way easier at this point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So our channels on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, I'm Phil Pinsky. Check out ironandsoul.com. Also, while you're checking stuff out on the web, check out williamlutz.com. He's got a lot of great stuff on there. Thank you to Justin Sparks for that. Timsway.net. Thank you to Jason Payne. A lot of great stuff on timsway.net. And if you're looking for great stuff, you're going to find it at newperspectivesmusic.com.
2: Ooh. Ooh, I, I, uh, safe stuff. <laughs> I started um, – I was talking about making this other YouTube channel uh, for New Perspectives Music, and I started it, I, and I have a couple really bad videos I kind of put together. That So now if you go to New Perspectives Music and you click on the instrument – there's a video you can click on and there's a video some of them not all of them where you can actually see me playing it and talking about it and hear some different tone settings and stuff and the channel is uh, it doesn't have a proper name yet if you search New Perspectives Music on YouTube you'll find it and it has two subscribers so far me and Vance
1: (laughs) well it's probably
0: going to have two more by the end of the night that's right Bill and Casey what um
2: (laughs) (laughs) guys we're we're
1: going to miss you man we're going to miss you
2: (laughs) <laughs>
0: why't you contact us for show topics suggestions feedback we love hearing from you guys info reclaimed ReclaimedAudioPodcast.com dot com or hit us up on twitter at reclaimed audio and don't forget to let us know what your brain freezes are on iTunes leave us them reviews uh it's a great way to help you know people find out about the show and patreon dot com slash reclaimed audio the best way to help us stay on the air
2: yeah that's yeah. All I got.
0: so say we all so say we all. <clears throat> so say we, we said it. We said it. Yeah, that's a good some some good saying. And uh, unless anyone has anything else, I would like to wish you all a fantastic week. Sorry for being late, and uh, we'll see you next week.
1: Now it's three. Bye, everybody. Be good.